Another week, another chance to talk high school football in the Kansas City area with Deion Clisso, Preps KCM, Mick Schaefer of KSHB 41. This is Snap Tackle Pod. Thanks for being here with us as we enter um, week six overall, right? Deion? Six slash five. Yes. Six, six for us. Six for Missouri. Five for Kansas. Five for Kansas. Five for Kansas. Uh, so I I had heard rumors in Missouri they had they had toyed with the idea of going down a regular season game. Why? Why wouldn't it be the other way? Kansas toying with the idea of getting an actual regular season game. I think there's that there, there's always that push to get the state championship games back to that weekend of Thanksgiving. Because you know, it really harms the six basketball programs that have to wait seven days for their players to show up. Well, they did, uh, but then they added an extra <laughs> round of the playoffs, right? Well, they, yeah, they, they, what they, and then they moved, they ended up moving it up to or back to the week after Thanksgiving. Um, and part of that was because they had to move up the start of fall practice because the way the schedule was set up, um, you were playing your first game, you know, like August 15th, August 18th, which means you were starting practice. I think there was one year practice was going to start. July 30th. I think it did. And I figured that was just schools going way that that's way too early, but there are two things that are in play. Um, Dusting my camera here. Keep going. Th- yeah. There are two things that w- that came into play. Uh, there is the tourism board that came to Misha and said, August is kind of a dead month. Anyway, when you start to roll into July, you're killing our last two weeks of, july because then people were just like well we gotta you know get home for that kind of stuff and then the state of missouri came up with this hey you can't start any earlier than two weeks before labor day the day after labor day which is probably a good thing because there were school districts out there that just kept creeping on back creeping on back like starting on august 11th and things like that and i'm like You know, you don't normally end until after Memorial Day or right before Memorial Day, and you're shortening that time. Um, As someone who, when I went to high school, we did not start until the day after Labor Day. Uh, We did not finish until the middle of June, mind you. Um, But, you know, the month of August was becoming a school month, you know. My wife was going back to work August 1st. I mean, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing. And so – that they bumped those games back to, to the week after Thanksgiving, which I was told, especially by people in St. Louis, a basketball town, that you can't you can't infringe upon the you know I don't know mid November through mid March basketball season and right. muck up the gears there because oh my God what if they don't get in all those practices we seem to have survived the last six or seven years with that happening and we haven't injured any any basketball programs in fact I think there's several teams that have won state championships or play for state championships in both sports and it, it didn't seem to injure them. So I kind of, I kind of like the way it is now. And I'd love Kansas and Missouri to be on the same schedule, play the same amount of games, no matter how you make it work, whether Missouri chops or Kansas adds. I mean, I know they're adding baseball or they're adding some baseball games in Kansas. I, Five more. Oh, it sounded like it, it, it was, you know, like moving heaven and earth to get that done. I know. Uh, no, they should add five more basketball games. They should add one more football game like that i almost i'm kind of like this i i don't have a problem with the amount of basketball games that missouri plays i don't see a need for them to play any basketball before thanksgiving and there are always some games that are played 
I almost think that you could probably start wrestling in basketball, play a couple games before Christmas break, and then just everybody dive into tournaments over the Christmas break. I think that would be a better. Yeah. I mean, uh, basketball is an easier way to squeeze in more games in the same amount yes. of time. Right? You just let them play more tournaments. You have a holiday tournament, bam, right there. There's three or four more, and you catch back up. In, in, back in my day in Kansas, they would do this deal where they would squeeze an extra round of the playoffs in. You would play the first round of the playoffs on a Thursday. Then you play a Tuesday. Remember these days? You play Thursday, oh, yeah. Tuesday, and then Saturday. Saturday. And then get back the last couple of rounds of play on Fridays. Uh, before You, I, you know, player safety is always paramount. But I'll be real honest with you. I kind of miss those days. I mean, it was a grind. And we, yeah. we, we, the first four years, we had a magazine. So we had we were putting – there was Monday games in, in Missouri, and we were squeezing in Monday games into a magazine to print the next day, much like a daily newspaper – those those really don't exist because they're all not dailies anymore. They aren't seven days a week, but it was fun. I mean, you had Monday night football, you had Wednesday night football. You, had, you know, it was kind of a, a fun thing. That being said, it's probably not a good idea to play. They're not going to go that way. Games. Games. <laughs> but it was, I mean, we won't hesitate now for you know the teams going Friday to Thursday. Yeah. So it's really it's one less day than that. You go Thursday to Tuesday. Although Tuesday to Saturday is even one less day than that. Yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, I remember uh, we we'd, uh, we'd kick off like one on uh, on a on the uh, Saturday, like the second or third round of the playoffs. Well, what you found the last few years that Missouri had the the Monday or the Wednesday Monday thing is that the last week of the season became. I think one. I think maybe going in the last year, there may have been more games on Thursday nights than there were That's on Friday because people were like jumping the gun. <laughs> yeah. Do the last regular season game on a Thursday, first round of playoffs on Wednesday, come back around, do Monday, then do Saturday. I think that's 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 feasible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, so, uh, I, yeah. All right. So we had all these notes, Dion, for Snap Tackle Pod Week Six here. Mm-hmm. I'm got to him yet because we we're just rambling on about uh, what should happen in Kansas and Missouri. But let's get to it, uh, which was what, uh, the biggest week of the season so far in high school ba- football in. Uh, in Kansas City, so many crossover games, some huge games. Kansas v. Kansas, Missouri v. Missouri. First of all, overall, how those cross uh, crossover games go in your in your opinion? Well, I went ten and zero in my picks, so I thought they were really? fantastic. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes, uh, Coach Walms, Gons, and I uh, had been pretty even all season long, and then we were. It was a week that, unfortunately for him, we were different on five of the ten games, and I went ten and zero. Were those so. all crossover games? Those ten? Not all. Not all. Most of them were. We had we had the Rock game on there. We had the Blue oh, Valley okay. West game on there. All the big games. Yeah, uh, all the big games. I don't think we picked Ray Peck Blue Valley North, um, but no, I think you know Rockers Miage was a really good game. Um, Blue Valley Northwest uh, Lee Summit North was a good game for about a half. Uh, and that would the and, and Blue Eye Northwest was undermanned in that they were out without their quarterback, their stud tight end. Blue Eye North Ray Peck was a good game. Blue Eye North Ray Peck was a good game. Blue Valley West, Daily Blue Valley West, Daily was a good game. Um, so yeah, there, there were there were good games all across the board, and, and I think that um, you saw like a team like Rockers back up there win at Bentonville by beating a, a good Blue Valley or Bishop Mays team. Um, Blue Valley beats Blue Springs in a close game. Um, that was Blue Springs led that game late, and that was a good win for Blue Valley. So no, it's a, you know, I'd love to see more of these. Love to see the Sunflower League get involved because, you know, Suburban Conference has 28 teams. They could they could do that with just about everybody if they wanted to. Um, you know, in certain, you know, there's certain games they play against, you know, Columbia schools and they bring in some of those schools. But no, fun week. And this week you've got a few more. You got Rock going to 
uh, Aquinas. You have St. St. James and St. Pius, which um, St. James was struggling this year, which is uh, so it's not necessarily quite as good a game as it, as it has been uh, when both those teams played for state championships and when St. James won a state title. Um, so no, it's uh, there's still a few out there this week, uh, and it and it should be uh, fun to see. Yeah, it should be fun to see. We'll get to those uh, Remax Big Three games of the week coming up in just a little bit. But let's let's stay with last week. Um, Lee Summit North beats an undermanned Blue Valley Northwest team. They didn't have all their uh, you know all their stars out there. The um, Gavin Hoppin, the, the the tight end going to Iowa. He he was hurt. A couple other guys were. Uh, but Northwest played played strong, but it feels like what Lee Summit North did what they usually do. That maybe it's close early, but then they just kind of pull away late and uh, and put you away. I'm I'm sure that this is not anything that Clint Ryder and his staff uh, didn't break down in film on Saturday morning. But just as a general rule, you don't want to let Isaiah Mosey get, I don't know, 20, 30 yards <laughs> clear at least twice in a game because Elijah Leonard didn't really even have to struggle to throw him the ball. There was a, The window was wide open. He just had to throw it up, and Mosey had two big touchdowns there, and that's how they broke that thing open in the second half. But, yeah, at least some of the North you know, went through and, and, and took care of their business in that game. And and uh, I think it's hats off for blue eyed Northwest for keeping that a seven, seven game at halftime. Yeah, no, it was, it was close for a long time there. Um, how big of a statement win was that for Gardner Edgerton 49 to 10 over mill Valley? Uh, well, I mean, I was going to say is, uh, is it, have you recovered in that household yet? Uh, oh. uh, you know, I, I thought Gardner would win. I thought Gardner probably would win by a couple scores or more. I, I, you know, I, I thought that there was a gap there. I didn't expect it to be what a thousand to nothing in the first 10 minutes. It seemed like, cause that's, I, like I mean, it. I, I had it on and I was, you know, it's early, you know, the first, the first 20 minutes of a Friday night are kind of busy. The scores are coming in and you're trying to you know keep an eye on the game. And uh, by the time I really kind of was able to look up and get invested, I think it was 21, nothing. <laughs> people weren't, Pretty early. people weren't trusting your app Dion. My family kept texting me saying that it must be the wrong score. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it was right. Uh, it was uh, one of the one of the great things about that uh, app this year. And Brian Rodney, the outstanding guy uh, from Mill Valley, who does their stats. It updates the score. He's really accurate. And unfortunately for Mill Valley, he was very accurate this last week. I think what you're seeing out of Gardner is a team that I think should have won the state championship last year. I think they were the better team than Manhattan. You know, Manhattan has the trophy, so technically I guess they were the better team on that day. But they got a lot of help from Gardner on that day in the state championship game. Um, and I think they have solved some of the ills that plagued them uh, last year and somewhat earlier in this year. They, they aren't putting the ball on the ground. And their version of the flex bone, which is the Dustin Delaney version of the flex bone, is we're going to hit you over the top. We're going to play action early. We're not just using it um, as, a, as a little decoy type thing. They're aggressive in their pass game out of the flex bone, and they found that uh, against Mill Valley a couple different times and, and really yeah. just – blows that game wide open. And when you're trying to think about that, it, it, it takes things in, uh, by the way, they're, they're, they're not just a cute little flex bone team with some nice size guys. They've got athletes and they've got size. So they've got everything that, that looks, they've got Lathan North this week, but uh, I was super impressed with how they have progressed as the season has gone on. And, and really from game one to game four, there's been no drop off. I mean, they've been the same team each week and, that says a lot about their focus coming out of a, a season where they came up very just, you know, that short of a state championship going for two uh, at the end there against Manhattan. Yeah, I think Braven Powell is a guy that needs to be in the Simone Award conversation. I think it's like nine touchdowns to one interception so far. I think he's yeah. run for like eight. 
the yards are there. Of course, the wins are there. And if you watch him, uh, he was uh, dynamic in that game and has been all uh, all season long. So, yeah, we'll see another big game with the Latham North uh, this week uh, for Gardner. But uh, a statement win last week. Uh, the big game on the Missouri side that was just, you know, two Missouri teams was uh, Oak Park and Platte County. And Oak Park handled Platte County. Is this an Oak Park team that's like, uh, I think we're done, like, just messing up their hair and saying, oh, yeah, that's good, uh, you know, compared to, you know, previous Oak Park teams are great. This is a great Oak Park team. Are they good enough to, to be to be big-time players in, in uh, big-class football in Missouri? I don't know. I, I think they're very talented. Uh, the question is, is the, the, the depth – of of player when you look at a Rockhurst, a Liberty North, and a Lee Summit North, those teams are are not only good but they're big and they're deep. Yeah. Um, and Oak Park, I think, is very talented uh, and very good. And they're going to take care of most everybody on their schedule. Uh, it'll be interesting. You know, the the other thing about that is, you know, the way they're playing and the way they're winning, they're getting some of their starters off the field uh, early, which helps. It helps build their depth. So that could be a key for them as well. So. Uh, I think it'll be interesting when they get into into district play, um, how they shake out. They should be uh, the number one seed in that district. It's it's uh, Oak Park, Staley, uh, the Park Hills, and St. Joe Central. St. Joe Central, who's also five and zero as well, um, but I think Oak Park's probably the, the class of that district. I think they should get through that district. I, I think that that they should, but when they come out of that district, uh, you know, what will they do after that? That's the question. But when you come out of that district, it's quarterfinal. Quarterfinal. Excuse me what the coffee's for it's quarterfinals and that's where you'll be matching up with the really mm -hmm. you know kind of traditional class six teams yeah um all right let's talk about uh the new football classifications in kansas yes uh, there for the next two years they will not change uh from 24 <clears throat> 25 these are the football classifications here and they are different than all the other sports most of the other sports take the top 36 teams in 6A, then the next 36 in 5A and so forth on down. Football takes the top 32 in 6A, then the next 32, and they count differently. They count, what, 9 through 11? Mm -hmm. right. They'll take grades 9 through 11 instead of 10 through 12 or 9 through 12, whatever. And so the count is different, and the number of teams in each class is different. A lot of people don't get it. I don't know why it's they, they do it for uh, for that you know what is it football and uh, tennis I believe in in Kansas uh, this way well and, and what also Kansas, Kansas is able to able to count on a day in September and within a month or less release those numbers um, they don't have the issues or they may have issues of teams going eight man or figuring out what they want to do and all this other stuff and uh, you know so you don't have they seem to overcome those issues that Missouri just can't handle. Yeah. They, because in Missouri, you give your number in, and then they go, is that your number? Well, where do we fall? Oh, no, wait, like, no, wait, no, 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 no. Week one. Missouri allows way too much, you know, they're too worried about filling out a district on whether a team's yeah. going to go eight-man or drop their program, you know, because they did all this, and then there's a team in, in St. Louis that's a charter program that hasn't played a game yet because they, they don't have enough players. Yeah. So they waited all this time and that team still couldn't get it together. So I, I, I'm not sure why they, they did it in April there for a while. And then they would release in April and, you know, the world didn't end. 
Kansas does it for a two-year cycle and the world doesn't end. I'm not sure why Missouri has to wait till the last minute and allow people to appeal. The appeal process to me is a joke. Um, I mean, the, the Missouri's Missouri has some issues that, that I think they need to take care of. Uh, you know, cause I always, you know, the, we always thought Lee Summit West would be in class six. I don't know, four to five years before they actually got there. And they suddenly went from class six, five to one of the bigger class six schools in yeah. the Metro. And that's even after they redistricted and sent kids to Lee Summit. So yeah. I don't know if they weren't just counting everyone at Lee Summit West there for a while, or I don't know, there was a certain day that I don't know, a couple hundred kids had to stay home from school. So they weren't counted, but uh, no, it's Missouri is too much. They, they allow too much discussion in the process. Your number is your number. Make a choice. Go. Kansas at least does that. And then what happens next? They'll put them into districts here in another three weeks or so. And then they have the giant AD meeting, which is a lovely thing that they do. And I think it's awesome. They all get together and that's when they figure out their schedules. (laughs) And they get together and that's where they're horse trading schedules back and forth. And uh, I think that's a neat concept too, to bring all the ADs together and do scheduling. And uh, it allows some different games to happen and, uh, but in Missouri, it's every conference or team for themselves. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's a little too much politicking in Missouri. Where, I mean, maybe Kansas is too rigid, but there's way too much politicking in Missouri. Well, the result of the reclassifications uh, here in Kansas this year um, impact a lot of schools in, oh. the, in, in the in the metro area. The, the biggest change happens at 5A. Remember, two years ago at this time, we were talking about all the departures from 5A, right? Aquinas is moving down. Uh, you had Wichita Northwest, who had been to three straight state championship games at that point. They went up. Um, and now it, you have five teams moving back into 5A, three from 4A, two from 6A. Dion, they're all named brands, too, coming to the 5A. Yes, and... You know, I, I just did a quick look at where the bracket sits right now, where the seeds sit right now. And depending on how it all shakes out on, on on teams, they would move to the to the West because of, you know, just positioning in 5A. You have Lansing and Sumner going down. So those two are, I think, 13 and 14 in the bracket. So they're going down to four. You got to move three more teams out of that bracket to fit in the five that are all on the east side in. And it'd be like Emporia, easy, move them over. Well, they're like the 12th seed. Um, Topeka West is the 15th seed. Have I have I uttered a single number yet? I'm all double-digit seeds here that I'm moving yeah. out. Yeah. And then maybe it's Topeka Seaman, which is the 9th seed. So it's all bottom half bracket teams that would be moving out of that bracket, just hypothetically. And you move in St. Thomas Aquinas, St. James, Baser Linwood, who, you know, I would say that of those five teams, you has a little more name brand. Oh, and then we're going to drop down Blue Valley and Blue Valley North. And you say, well, Blue Valley North hasn't been that successful the last few years. Yeah, but they've also been to three state championship games and won one in the last six, seven years. And they're under a new coach in Drew Hudgens, and they are an improved football team, uh, even though they have yet to kind of break through and get those wins. That is I a, think it would be it would be Seaman moving before Highland Park to the west. It okay. looks like Highland Park is like a few blocks east of Seaman, <laughs> right? You drew a line that it's very close. So I know we were talking about that beforehand. As Seaman, Highland Park is currently the number one number one seed because it's based on wins and they're undefeated. Um, 
And and look, the Highland Park's having a great season for them, but this is a team that last year broke a 50-game losing streak. So no, no down on Highland Park. But if you move Seaman, that's the nine seed. So you moved out five of the bottom eight seeds, and you brought in several teams that have either played for or won a state title in the last you know, decade. I mean, I can tell you, you, you would, you would, you would put those teams with Mill Valley, DeSoto, Blue Valley Southwest, right. And, uh, Spring Hill. Right. And then mm-hmm. you, that would be your top eight, right. Right there. All, That's, all nine. That's nine. That's nine. Okay. <laughs> so, and given, and then given the conferences that those teams play in, there's a possibility that you could be a Blue Valley North and have two wins and be sitting in a 14 spot. Yeah. And you go play a three, maybe it's a Blue Valley Southwest. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's Mill Valley. Don't forget about Johnny Heights. Johnny Heights got into the quarterfinals last year. They would yeah. be on the east side as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it, it makes that one. I mean, generally speaking, in a one to 16 bracket, you're going to have some soft spots. I don't know if there are soft spots past the one and two. You know what I'm saying? The 15 and the 16 might be, a you know, but there's there, – we're going to have a I, – I, I don't I don't want to well, guarantee and, and, anything. There'll be a double-digit seed win in the first round next year. There'll be a double-digit well, I mean, seed. St. James and Aquinas and Blue Eyes Southwest will be playing in the EKL, right? You, yeah. you, they could, you could feasibly have state championship quality teams there that go into the playoffs at 4-4, four and four, right? So, yeah. I mean, that 8-9 game could be just monster game. That, that could be a, almost like a semifinal type game. What's what I'm saying? A double-digit seed will win in the first round next year. No, most of the time it happens, I guess. But a but a but a fourteen or a thirteen. I mean, we're talking a double double digit seed, like yeah. down the bracket. Somebody's okay. gonna end up with a spot and say, "Oh, that's." I mean, so yeah, it's it it it's interesting. And but what you see is the growth. You know, Mays went up, and Wichita West went up. So that's where you're seeing some growth. And I was the, the thing that stunned me the most was the Blue Valleys coming down. I, I mean, was stunned. Only two, there would be only two Blue Valleys in six A. Yeah, west and, and, and uh, northwest. And I know the area around Blue Valley North is 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 not when you say getting older, but is a there's no growth there. I mean that's a land yeah. la- landlocked area, and you know people when their kids graduate, maybe they're not you know they're not moving out, and younger families are coming in and and, and making those numbers bigger. I give you one example. Uh, there is no longer a, any DeLong children in the Blue Valley system. Uh, you know, both his daughters are gone. So. There's no new children in that house that are going to the Blue Valley School District. So there's two kids in the last three years that are out of the Blue Valley uh, School District. You know, I think one went to Blue Valley and one went to Blue Valley North. But uh, that's just an example right there. When you're, I mean, let's be real. There's there's one less Schaefer kid over the last three years that has gone through. But in your yeah. neighborhood, there's probably <laughs> you can't wait to get them all out. I'm sure. But uh, no, it's it's just the the, the demographics of things and. I remember a time when Shawnee Mission South dropped down into 5A for a short amount of time. One, um, one state basketball doing that, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's just the demographic change. And uh, I'm not stunned that Mays went up. I mean, that's a growing area down there yeah. around Wichita. And I, I know Mays went up, Wichita West went up. Uh, you have uh, Lansing dropping down to 4A, Sumner dropping down to 4A, Cape and Mount Carmel, a longtime 5A staple, is down in 4A now. Yeah. And Cape and too. So, and uh, it, it, or it's foray, a, man. They're like, all right, we got. I mean, we got me age, but <laughs> Quinn's out of here. St. James out of. Oh, here comes Capen. 
Cabin currently number one in the uh, K preps rankings, you know, have no ballot. So in five A. So yeah, you got the number one team looking to move down, you know, depending on how they shake out at the end of the year. But no, I like I said, the the, the Blue Valley's ones are the ones that kind of stunned me. I, I wasn't as stunned by Blue Valley North because like I said, I know it's landlocked, but Blue Valley, you know, the, 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 that's in an older part well, of town always as been well. Close, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean they've they've been a five A team before. Um feels like when so, I was yeah. cool, that's when they 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 get it. Opposite of their school. All right. Uh let's move on to the Remax Big Three games of the week this week. Um, um Dion will start in Kansas, Eudora and Lewisburg. Why are you taking this one? Well, one Lewisburg's been so good. Um, I, I like Eudora a lot, but they lost Ottawa in a close game last week. Good win for Ottawa. I mean, Ottawa's sitting at two and two for the first time in a while. Um, I gotta think Eudora's gotta want, look to bounce back. <laughs> two and oh, yeah. and now they're 0 and two. Uh, but Lewisburg, uh Declan Battle, their quarterback's outstanding. They've just been blowing people out. Uh, so this is, this is a you know these midseason frontier league games are are kind of like the EKL boy. It's a it's a dogfight, and you're seeing uh, this go go through. I I like Lewisburg in this game, but Eudora is a hungry team. Olathe mm-hmm. North at Gardner Edgerton. Gardner back at home on the uh, Spectrum game of the week for a second week in a row. That's how good they are. They're on yes. the. Uh, you really, you really see that. I don't know if I've ever seen that back-to-back. That is back-to-back weeks for Spectrum. Uh, and so this is, if you're a Olathe North, you got to try and get this one because this is a this is probably a good chance you're going to play this game again. And the question is, where are you going to play it? Uh, the winner would probably get the home field advantage uh, with that one seed. And, and if you're a Olathe North, do you want to be making two trips to Gardner this year or just one? So that's kind of what's out in front of you one and then hope, hopefully you're on different sides of the bracket uh, yeah. as well they don't want to see either one wants to see each other um in the playoffs uh, but this is uh leg two of their big three game stretch for Gardner after this they go to Lawrence um who's had a nice start to the season at three and one so they get out of this uh, um you know unscathed then I mean I don't know if there's any questions at the, that point uh that need to be asked about Gardner uh Rockhurst at Aquinas, couple of uh, one-loss teams. Well, I think this is a, a game for for Rock to, to kind of just back up what they've been doing. Uh, you know, Aquinas has been rolling along. I mean, they really haven't been tested outside of the first week of the season. Um, By one loss, I mean Aquinas is four zero, of course. Yes, <laughs> I was going to see how long it took you to correct yourself yeah. on that one. I wasn't going to out you right there, but uh, no, I mean uh, they they after after that first week, the Blue Valley West, where they were in a shootout, have really been. Uh, have really been just kind of rolling along. Rockhurst defensively looks as good as anybody in the Metro. They really have bounced back from that loss to Liberty North. And and I think that, that they're kind of saying that that was a difference maker. You know, last week we had Kelly Donahoe on the show and before we went on the air, he said that he said that they were they they really took that loss to Liberty North hard. So they were in the bus on the way down to uh, uh Bentonville and they were driving by some golf course he named. Saw guys out there playing golf. And he thought to himself, what am I doing? What, you know, what, <laughs> this is why am I, you know, stressing out. We lost that game. He took that loss really hard. Uh, they go down to Bentonville. They went on a, a field goal in the last second in a crazy atmosphere. And, a, you know, they played fantastic and 8,000 people. And he said he on the bus ride back was like, this is the greatest job in the world. I don't know why. I would ever think. <laughs> so I think that was a really breakthrough. That Bentonville game was a breakthrough win for them. And they backed it up against me. Asian. I think they have a chance to back it up against Aquinas. Um, so no, I, you know, I, I think Aquinas too, if, if you can go and go toe to toe with rock 
and get a win or or take it down at the end, you got to feel physically you you are a team uh, that is good enough to win a state championship in four A. Your you know your biggest challenge is probably going to be Miege, uh, which I think they have the next week um, or at least in two weeks in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so this is you know for Aquinas. This is the big. This is the big test, like you know, the measuring stick before they play me age, which is the other measuring stick on their on their schedule. Yeah. On the Missouri side, you got Lee Summit at Oak Park, a two and three Lee Summit team, a five and zero Oak Park team. Are you thinking that maybe there's a letdown for the Northmen here? What was this one on your big three? Uh, well, I like Lee, Lee Summit's got some athletes. Uh, they played pretty tough all season long. Um, this is just a, this is a you know kind of a heat check on Oak Park. Like, sure. don't get don't get caught looking ahead. See you know. Uh, and you know, cause Lee Summit's a good football team and, and they're going to, they're going to come out and, and, uh, play tough on you. So no, I, I, I like this game. I just think they're, you know, it's a, it's a conference game for the two of them. And, um, you know, it's, it's a good chance for Oak Park to kind of say, okay, we're, we're, we're just crossing things off our list, but if you're Lee Summit, just keep, you know, keep competing each week and, and, and see what happens. Smithville at a surprising Raytown South team. Both these teams are four and one. You see the the Cardinals running out to this kind of start. Yeah, and and William Harris, the coach there, uh, you know they they only won they won four games last or yeah I think it won three games last year. They already won four this year. That's after winning three for in the span of three years before. Uh, yeah, you know, he he got when he first got there. He's been there his third year now. Um, I, this is a test for Raytown South. This is the the, the second most quality opponent they've had outside of Grady uh, and Smithville. Uh, the, the, there's a good relationship there between Coach Harris uh, at at uh, Raytown South and Coach Ambrosian at, at Smithville, um, and so I think that this is a, a test for both teams. You know, for Smithville, good chance to see some of the speed that Raytown South has, kind of get yourself you know acclimated to you know some of the teams you may see down the line in a conference game. Um, two good teams, both four and one, and uh, we'll see what Raytown South's got. Yep, well, the four and one teams, St. Michael at Van Horn this week. Who do you like? Crossroads Conference, you know, I really like Van Horn until they kind of laid an egg against Lincoln Prep last week. Good win for Lincoln Prep, but Van Horn had been just dominating people. Uh, and I, you know, have a kind of an in over there, the principal's a buddy of mine, and he said they, Lincoln played very well, and they came out very flat. And yeah. I think that's the that's the test when you're a team like Van Horn that has had a, you know, a five-win season, a six-win season. You know, when you start looking down, you can't get looking down that schedule going, well, we should win all our games. Well, no, you got to win the one in front of you first before you think about anything else down the line. Uh, this is the Crossroads Conference. This is probably for the conference title. St. Michael, outside of getting crushed by St. Pius, has played pretty well all season. So, you know, both these teams sitting at four and one. And, and uh, you know, the winner gets that. It's a small conference. There's only four teams, so you only have three conference games. But uh, if you're St. Michael and you're thinking about you want to compete in a very deep class two you have to play well against a team that's built like van horn within class four all right john any final simone award thoughts uh our guy ty williams at uh grain valley not a one-hit wonder follow that up with what another yeah. 300 yards or whatever well two, yeah 300 combined yards he had 125 yards receiving 235 yards rushing four total touchdowns uh he's a guy you know we got our simone watch coming out uh this week and you know it's it's a wide open field. You brought up Raven Powell from uh, Gardner. Uh, he's got Dylan Dunn last week, had another huge week uh, for Blue Valley Southwest. So it's a, there's a lot of good running backs out there and, and, and a lot of good players. So it's, it's going to be an interesting year. Ty Williams definitely is, is off to the, he's, he's kind of, he's distanced himself in his categories. I mean, 
his ability to go catch the ball and 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 make big plays in that part too. I mean, when you're averaging 30 yards a grab uh, for the season, uh, and you've got I think six touchdowns in, six, in five games receiving to go along with I think 15 uh, rushing, uh, it's it definitely shows his versatility. But no, it's uh, it, we're we're starting to get going. The first Simone meeting is this week as as we kind of get ready for that, but uh, it should be interesting uh to see how that all shakes out and of course the other awards you know you've got the buchanan and the the taylor the the, the deepest award might be the taylor i mean you hey, well, i was gonna like, say the singleton kid from uh gardner needs to be in that conversation i know we talk a well, lot about and the smith kid at uh liberty north but add another name yeah i mean it's like oprah out there you got a great receiver you got a great receiver you got a great receiver uh you know it's there's a lot of great kids playing receiver this year and that that's gonna be a deep award and of course you know how can you not say that the buchanan is not the the buchanan is the uh, which power five school will you end up in the NFL award? That's what that's become. right. That's what it is. <laughs> because uh, uh, you got Williams Winery, you know, who's, you know, some say the number one recruit in the country. If nothing else, if he's not number one in your mind, he's probably top 10, which doesn't really negate yeah, anything. I mean, what's the difference? Honestly, you have Melvin, you have Melvin Laster, who's one of two? two, who dropped 25 to 30 pounds and looks like a little bit different player. I mean, better than he was when he won the first two. Um, so, you know, he's he's a guy to keep an eye on that one. So the Buchanan is deep. Woods, who's just wrecking games at, yeah. uh, at Mill Valley, who's the number one recruit in Kansas in the 2025 class. Yeah. So, I don't know. If you don't have a Power 5 offer, I don't know if you expect to be right. in the Final Four in that award. I, I mean, like, I'm not joking. I mean, there's – what? I mean, it's Carl, Carlos I mean, Davis. What about the kid – uh, at uh, Aquinas, um, uh, Marks, right? And then, Kim yeah, Marks Kim, is going to Missouri. Two, yeah, they, they got uh, they got two uh, big time D1 guys as well. So, it's a uh, the, the the Buchanan Award is definitely where the, if you're looking for the big time recruits and and soon to be, you know, well, I mean, we've got, I mean, that includes um, offensive line too, by the way. Yes. So, Sprague at Rockhurst, who's going to Michigan. Yes, yes. I mean, we didn't mention those guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look. Uh, Let's not forget uh, Wayne, uh, Hales, the kid at Olathe the North, who's a D one guy. You got the Olathe the East kid, Carroll, who's a D one uh, offensive lineman. Yeah. So, so, so not even the fact if you think about this, Gus Felix, Hawkins in Mill Valley going to K State. I, I was Felix, who got drafted by the Chiefs in the first round, wasn't even a semifinalist his senior year of no. high school. No, I mean, wasn't even top ten. No, Tommy, out of Ottawa. Was all right, yeah. Out of our way. Um, yeah, he won it. I mean, it's that's what I'm saying. You're talking about NFL guys coming out of that out of the Buchanan. So the Buchanan's always deep and has gotten deeper every year. Uh, if there's one thing Kansas City seems to be able to produce, it's offensive and defensive linemen. You know, uh, Braden Smith, a three-time non-winner, three-time finalist for the Buchanan yeah. Award because the people he lost to were also in the NFL. Uh, Elijah Lee, uh, uh, no, he was Elijah Lee for two years and Carlos Davis. Oh, it wasn't even, uh, no, he was a yeah. freshman when, when Evan was, when Evan okay. was, uh, but, uh, Braden, uh, who, uh, you know, as we always joked, we had the, 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 the announcement for the finalist award show at, at Arrowhead every year. And he never made it to that show because that's the time he lifted in the evening. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't going to miss a lift. <laughs> and obviously it paid off as the, uh, you know, Starting is he the right tackle or right guard for the Colts right now? I think he, I mean, he's yeah. started for them. So, yeah. 
Should be fun. Yep. Good stuff. All right. We are getting out of here. Thanks so much for watching. Uh, Snap Tackle Pod. We'll see you next week. Enjoy all your games, wherever they may be, on Friday night. Uh, and when you get back, or if you're at home all night, whatever, check out PrepsKC.com throughout the night. And then check us out on uh, Under the Lights on KSHB 41. Dion will be there with Aaron Ladd. Uh, you know, answering all the important questions about how. Yes, and then our, our coverage usually got stuff up on the website a little bit after midnight. It kind of rolls in, and then I also very nicely tweet out all of the stories in the morning, scheduled out nicely so that it flows through your Twitter, so you okay. don't have to go searching for it. Good. So appreciate that. He, he cares about <laughs> us. Dion, Dion does. Yes, big, big, big old heart there. All right, Dion. Thanks so much for the time. We'll see you next time right here on Tackle Pod.